Hello, uh, welcome to the latest episode of Ill Rumination. Be warned, uh, as usual, there is bad language in this episode, but also there's some particularly disgusting food habits. Here we go. In the apocalyptic, virus-ridden summer of 2020, two friends with an interest in food and almost no regard for audio quality decided to start a podcast, along with everybody else. Ah well, God loves a trier. Big, fat, swollen testicles. Yep, I'm good. Shoes are fat, who's in the cut? More rolls of batches and you deserve to put. Pineapple pizza, vegan sausage, evil coffee pods and overpriced porridge. My mind, veggie mind, you're wrong, I'm right. What's the point of butter being light? It's butter, right? The nation's mastication sparks our debation. We talk gustation, ill rumination. Sorry I'm late, Hodge. That's all right. Run into a late dinner situation. Yeah, go on then. You've sent me pictures, so you might as well tell me about it. <laughs> well, I was writing a, a, a review for a new, a brand new delivery takeaway service in Croydon called Spitboy. It was like a smoked brisket burger wow. uh, with um, mac and cheese and some spicy mango habanero wings. What else was there? Some salt cod fritters with fried capers um, and some lamb belly ribs. Uh, and so, you know, we had to take our time. And um, yeah. thought you'd appreciate the pictures. Yeah. Help me digest my jacket potato. <laughs> oh, the other thing they did was some amazing veg- vegetarian food. So like roasted cauliflower, some celeriac and, and cabbage and things like that. So any Croydon listeners out there, which I'm sure there will be more of in uh, the future, check out Spitboy. Shout out to them. There we go. Delicious. Have you eaten now? Eaten, eaten so much? You're going to start nodding off halfway through this uh, podcast. It, it, it's quite possible. It's quite possible. Yeah. Drinking beer as well. So I left a lot of it, the food, because I was like, "Well, I've got to get to Hodge. I've got to. We've got to talk, and I, I can't be overly full, but I'm still pretty full." Right. Well, if you if you start to nod off, I'll just scream down the microphone at you. <laughs> That's fair I'll, enough. Yeah. I'll, I'll wake you up. I'll get you going. It's funny, mate. Like you're obviously since you like became a full time middle class tosspot. That's just the kind of thing you do for employment now, isn't it? <laughs> Re- review restaurants and stuff like that. Was well, it? Um, you're a. Um, is it a, sl- a slashy? I'm a slashy and an and maybe even an influencer. I don't know if that's. I don't like to think of myself as an influencer. No. I don't take work good enough selfies to be an influencer. No, you're definitely a slashy. I was going to say I'm, I'm a pretty bad influencer because the only picture of a person on my Instagram feed is of you. So the only person you influence is me. Yeah, I think that's fair, actually. Yeah. <laughs> well, the, the Spitboy food did look good, and if they're prepared to deliver to North Manchester, then I'll be more than happy to to <laughs> order some. Ill rumination. You know, um, before we get going, <laughs> this, this leads on nicely to the fact that um, you're a middle-class top, tosspot slashy who, when we divvy up the work for the podcast, you uh, 
you do all the technical kind of highfalutin stuff, um, drink free wine that people give you and eat free food that people send you. Whilst I have to do the admin, so I'm I'm on the Twitter account at ill underscore rumination, and also I get to do the email. So believe it or not, we've we've received our first email. I, I don't believe it. <laughs> yeah, we've actually got an email. So I'm quite quite pleased about it. Away, well, I was quite surprised as well because who writes emails these days? But yeah, there's neat. Do you want to hear it? Yeah, go on then. Yeah, let's. But, what our, our fans <laughs> have to say. My my lack of technological um, abilities and means that even though it came in email, I had to write it out because <laughs> I, I don't want to fiddle with the computer screen to read it in case I press something and we lose all audio again. Well, it's like you are recording, aren't you? Just to confirm. <laughs> I think we've nailed that now, hopefully. Okay, good. Um, good. Yeah, we are recording. Dear Ill Rumination. Nice start. Straight to the point. I enjoyed your Cheese for Biscuits podcast. <laughs> your your refusal to stick to standard recording quality and going well over 50 minutes was a throwback to the start of the pandemic, which was a much <laughs> more happier and flippant time for us all. Thank you for that, for reminding us of that. I wanted you to know that your Cheese Biscuits, Biscuits for Cheese, Cheese Cracker, Cracker for Cheese, or just a Cracker segment caused quite the debate in our work chat room. There are seven people in the chat, and through a process of voting rounds, we decided on Crackers for Cheese as the most appropriate name, although Ollie abstained for abstained after Biscuits for Cheese was voted out in round two. However, it also sparked a new debate in our office about whether it's okay to butter a cracker before adding the cheese, and further, whether buttering toast before adding peanut butter was Wasteful opulence. Can Sam please comment on this? Yours sincerely, Thomas Earl. <laughs> um. So, the cheeky bastard emails us. I have to do the admin around the email, and he's <laughs> specifically put Ask Sam. So, I'm going to keep quiet on this. Two questions. I'm not going to keep quiet on this. Is it okay to add butter to the, the biscuit or the cracker before adding the cheese? And secondly, is it wasteful opulence to put butter on toast before adding peanut butter? <laughs> wasteful opulence. I like it. Um, well, I, first of all, can I just say thank you very much, Thomas, for sending in an email it's great that uh, we're striking a chord. And if anyone else has any interesting questions or, or debates they want to bring up, then, yeah, please do email us at info at illrumination.com. Yeah, you just, put, just put Dear Sam. You, <laughs> I, you, know, and thank, you know, I'm glad I've got at least one fan out there who's interested in, in my opinion. <laughs> Maybe you're influencing him. <laughs> Maybe I'm influencing him. I think that there's contrasting answers here. For me, first of all, I think adding butter to a, a, a biscuit for cheese, in my opinion, it should be a biscuit for cheese, is gilding the lily. I don't think there's any need because the cheese and the biscuit combo should stand up on its own. Yeah, I would agree with that. However, the sec to the answer to the second question, buttering your toast before applying peanut butter is not opulence in any way that's just a necessity and i'll explain why and maybe it's just the peanut butter i have 
It's not nothing special, it's just crunchy peanut butter. But if I apply that straight to toast, the peanut butter tends to stick to the toast and then rip off the surface of the toast. Whereas if I apply a layer of butter beforehand, it helps me smooth the peanut butter out like a lubricant across the surface. Uh, right. So you use the butter as like a, a, um, a primer? Yeah, to allow for successful application of the peanut butter. Do you think you could market a um, butter, something that spreads like butter, tastes like peanuts, as a primer? <laughs> I'm just thinking that's smooth peanut butter, isn't it? That's <laughs> smooth peanut butter. <laughs> <laughs> so what we advocate is just before you add your crunchy peanut butter, just add some smooth peanut butter. Or just buy some smooth peanut butter. Um, my mum, you see, used to tell me when I was young, there's no need to put butter on with peanut butter because there's, you know, there's lots of, it's the equivalent of butter anyway. Mm. And I think it was just a way for her to try and encourage me not to eat as much fat because I was a chubby child. Well, there you go, Thomas Earl. Thank you very much. If you want to email Sam again, please do. Yeah, dude, that was an interesting, an interesting uh, topic. I like the, I do like the idea that um, work chat room. Someone picked it up and they were having a discussion based on what, what is it, crackers for cheese or, or what have you. Yeah, um, I like to think that we dented post Brexit British productivity even more with a podcast about biscuits for cheese. Well, what what I think is quite interesting as well is we we created an argument almost out of nothing. You know, th- this wasn't a problem before we discovered it. From now on, it's, you know, it's going to be debated for time in memoriam. Now, now, now Brexit's done and dusted. We need something else to argue about, don't we? Yes. <laughs> so we might as well offer, offer those things up to the gods. But we need to find a snappy title for this episode, because otherwise the search engine optimization will not get on with it at all. But basically, it's the food you eat when your partner is away. Is that a fair kind of summary? Yeah, I think that was definitely the that was definitely the topic. Yeah. So we're kind of talking about when there's no restriction on um, your own shame because there's no one there to see you eat it, and and hopefully what we'll lay bare today is the deep shameful incidents of our maybe our past uh, dalliances in this kind of food but i'm gonna i'm gonna put it actually in a, if, if i can in a positive context though which is that we all we all love our other halves and we hope you know we we miss them when they go away and what have you but uh, a bit of time away from your your other half um can be incredibly uh, constructive and it gives you the opportunity to have a bit of breathing space gives you the opportunity to watch the films that you want to watch it gives you the opportunity to to do the things that you want to do and it gives you the opportunity to eat the things that you want to eat without having to negotiate or compromise or yeah. compromise yeah so it's quite a positive thing if your other half goes away for business or goes to see friends or what have you you're like rubbing your hands together brilliant I've got 48 hours to do whatever I want to do and that whatever might just be nothing. You know, I'm going to lie around in bed or, or what have you. So that was the kind of the original kind of positive because with the various lockdowns and what have you, in the past kind of year, everyone's been locked up with their, um, their other halves, haven't they? And they've had to get through together. And that that real positive of getting a bit of time away 
hasn't happened. So that was the kind of, it started off as a positive and then we turned it into a bit of a negative to say, when you're the halves away, do you do like weird shit in the kitchen? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think there's another positive to be had out of this as well. And that is one of innovation. So when you're not restricted by, you know, compromise, you're willing to go above and beyond kind of the realms of acceptability as far as food combinations specifically is concerned. I mean, I'll give you an example. Sandwiches are fantastic a way of experimenting with different flavours. And I do have a tendency sometimes when I'm constructing a sandwich to look at the condiment shelf in the fridge and pick slightly random things from there, pile it up, see what works for instance corned beef with mango chutney mayonnaise and pickled grapes strangely worked (laughs) (laughs) so you often see on a on a sandwich menu i'll give you that one a pickled grape yeah you pickle these grapes yourself i did yeah yeah a pickled grapes a thing um yeah yeah that's a turkish um turkish thing i think oh right okay Often they're uh, underripe grapes that they take and they, they either ferment or they pickle, yeah. Oh, okay. Probably hard, hard to find at times. I mean, sometimes you look at a map, it's hard to find turkey. <laughs> I don't know if we should explain that. I know, maybe not. Just edit it. Illumination. We're very lucky in Croydon. We have a range of different supermarkets which cater to different tastes. And there's one place which has just... It's huge, and it's just from wall to wall, just hundreds of different ingredients you would never, ever see or think of tasting, you know. So these kind of weird grape things, pickled grapes. Little crunchy bundles of sourness, very nice. I've Well, I've, I've got a few grapevines in my back garden, which I planted a couple of years ago, and they had their first grapes last year. And so instead of wasting them just by, like, eating them in about five minutes, because there weren't that many, I, I pickled them, so... And very so, nice they were. So one of the um, so you you got you you're quite experimental with the other halves away. Um, not entirely, no, no. I have got some pretty disgusting habits, but it's mm. one one of the things that I've been thinking about. It, I, I take various approaches, and one of my approaches is what I call em- empty the fridge, yeah, or empty empty the freezer, which is um, I do a lot of cooking, and I'm always freezing things and putting things in boxes at the back of the freezer, or having leftover bits and pieces of stuff that just accumulate and accumulate and accumulate. And they've got to get rid of them. You've got to get rid of those at some point, haven't you? Yes. So one thing I'll do when you're the half away, and it's being frugal, dig for victory kind of spirit, is I jump headlong into the freezer and see what's in the bottom of it, and normally manage to pull out a chilli or a bolognese or a bit of curry or something that have... And sometimes it's a bit of a, a lottery or a game of roulette with it, which is it's so frosty on the inside of the box, you can't see what it is. Yeah. So you leave it on the counter and you let it defrost. And it's like, then you open the lid and you go, ah, oh, it was it was chicken curry all along. <laughs> it's a, are, you ever, are you ever disappointed with what comes out? Yeah, all the time. There's probably, there's probably a reason that it's found its way to the bottom of the freezer. Not not always, not always. You know, it, it's really simple. It's just to label shit, isn't it? Yeah, that's what we do. Yeah, I don't, um, I don't own a label. 
I don't know labels. <laughs> well, you need you need a sharpie, a marker pen. That's that's the key. Where where would you even buy labels? The the label shop. Yeah. See, it's not 1955 anymore, is it? Well, we don't believe in labels anymore, do we? No, we don't believe in labels anymore. And people don't come like around and have Tupperware parties. Well, imagine you bought the Tupperware and you got your labels and your felt-tip pen at the same time. That's true, yeah. So so the whole industry has been kind of um, taken to pieces. Electrical tape. Right. You could try that instead. Sorry? Electrical tape. You don't have to eat it. Use it as a label. Stick oh, it on. Yeah, okay. So go to B&Q and buy some electrical tape. Um, I'm sure B&Q sell marker pens as well. Right, there you go. That's the problem sorted. But no, some, sometimes I find bits and pieces in there, like um, chilies that are left over from um, like smoking beef or you know doing beef ribs and stuff like that, which is fantastic. So it's like a little, little treat, all for me. I mean... Whenever I barbecue, whenever I use a smoker, I always end up having to do the wash, like washing the fucking thing up afterwards. So yeah. you should always have more. Do you just as an aside? Do you employ that policy? Seeing as though you're the one cleaning the barbecue, you <laughs> might you always get more food off the barbecue than your other half. Oh yes. Well, first of all, you've got to check that it's done. Yeah, by eating. And if it's not done, you have to check again. Well, I would say you know if I buy if if I cook nine chicken wings. Seven of those will make it to the distribution centre. And then I'll still end up with one more. That's the beauty of odd numbers. I went to the um, the Chinese supermarket nearby and bought as much dumplings. And <laughs> dim sum? <laughs> the dim sum, yeah. Sorry, the dim sum um, that they had. And did one or two kind of dim sum lunches and completely forgot that there was loads of that in the bottom so one time when the other half was away I just got the steamer out and just made a shed load of, of dim sum and dipping sauces and just tried out different kind of variations of dipping sauces and what have you and that was good there's only so many um seafood based dim sums that you can eat though I found before you start to strug- struggle a little bit it's the same as canned mussels isn't it it's like <laughs> after a bit you <laughs> To be honest, to be fair though, I think anything with prawn and pork in, either of them in any combination is just fantastic. I can say the, the pork ones and the prawn ones and the pork and prawn ones, I I could eat all, all of them all day. Yeah. If long and the dipping sauces, having a range of dipping sauces, just a, a, an added bonus because the single dipping sauce and those fucking things would go down a treat. But some of the um, the more fishy ones, you start to slow down your consumption uh, quite yeah. quite rapidly. Yeah, no, I quite like those um, the really tasty dipping sauces that are so savoury and salty. Just like do shots of them. So yeah, I've got empty empty the freezer, and then one of my other things is when I'm just being completely lazy. So I was going to ask you whether you ever have just a lazy dish, like just something that you always go to when you just can't, can't be fucked. Something that's quite easy to make, or you can make it with your eyes closed, and it's just lazy, lazy, lazy. Yeah. Oh, um, do you want to hear my laziest dish? <laughs> Come on. In inverted commas. It's not just putting squirty cream in your mouth, is it? It's almost as bad. <laughs> and uh, so one of my favourite things to do is to open a can of beans, put some hot sauce on top, and eat them cold with a fork. From the tin? <laughs> From the tin. 
Oh my god, that's medieval. <laughs> is that is that does that count as lazy? <laughs> yeah, that's really fucking lazy. That's really lazy. Do you know? <laughs> I love the fact that at the beginning of the show you were suggesting you might be an influencer. <laughs> you can put all that in the past tense now. I was an influencer, and then I talked about eating cold beans from a tin, and now I've got no credibility whatsoever. Well, another another instance of laziness, and I was talking uh, to, I better say, my other half, actually, uh, in case she doesn't want to be named or be associated with this podcast <laughs> after having listened to the first episode. She, she. I was talking to her about the topic, and she said, "Well, why don't you talk about your use of um, crockery?" I was like, "What do you mean?" She went, "Well, the other day, I was like, she was like, what, what did you do with this bowl? Looks like you've made a sandwich in it.'" I was like, "Oh yeah, I made a sandwich in it." And she was like, "You know why you did that? Because there was no sandwich plates on the drying rack. They were all in the cupboard. So the nearest thing you had to hand was a bowl." You used a. a- like a soup bowl. Like a soup bowl to make my sandwich in. To, to make your sandwich in. And then eat it. <laughs> oh, mate. Did you cut the sandwich in half? No. And one thing I can't stand, it's people making sandwiches and things on China and then trying to cut them in. Oh, no, no. I would never cut onto China. That that makes my uh, teeth itch. And, uh, is people, some people have got glass chopping boards in their oh, houses. Oh, God. Yeah, that's doubly horrible. That's doubly bad because not only does it make a horrific noise, but you're ruining your knives. Oh yeah, never thought about. It. I've never got past the noise, and you just get that massive clank right clank. at the end, just yeah. like clank. Oh, awful, awful, awful. No. All right. So as long as you weren't chopping things in the bowl, because that is a no-no. No, no never, right. never. In- interesting, you say that your lazy dish is eating baked beans because my lazy dish is baked beans on toast which I thought was quite lazy but I didn't realise that you were going to take it to a whole new level and <laughs> eat it like a cowboy bypass the taste I mean even even cowboys used one of the choppy choppy tin openers out <laughs> out on the prairie didn't they well and they, they probably heated the beans up in the can over the in campfire the can. as well yeah. no point in heating that's a waste of time no you just go straight <laughs> for the kill yeah. <laughs> which actually breaks all my rules of um, of beans on toast, which is that, so it's my lazy dish is beans on toast and then use that as a conduit to eat chilli sauce, just like yourself. Yeah. So you try out your different types of chilli sauce on the beans on toast. But I suppose being a bit more anal than you um, and perhaps slightly less disgusting, which... In a way, it's good because everything's now turned on its head because you f- feel that you're the middle class sophisticoff here who, you know, <laughs> hangs out at Ginger Pig and Borough Market and all the rest of it. And it's all those chickens have come home to roost, haven't if, they? If they but hear my, this podcast, they're going to ban me. They will ban you. The um, the beans on toast, I think I may have talked about this before, but I'm not a big fan of baked beans unless that is they have to be slowly cooked to a thick stodge. So no runny juice, no runny bean juice in there at all. So the idea of eating cold baked beans with all that runny juice <laughs> uh, is the complete opposite of where I would go with it. And obviously, do you eat the whole can? Yeah. Yeah. So my beans, I'd eat the whole can as well. And obviously, I would toast 
Um, three pieces of bread. Three for your one can. Three for the one can. And they would be arranged with a central, all buttered, a central piece of toast in its entirety. So a square piece of toast in the middle. <laughs> and the other two pieces chopped in half to create four rectangles around the outside. Like a pretty flower. Like a, like, yeah. A pretty rectangular flower. Like a flattened box with no lid. (laughs) (laughs) The rule is generally your beans should be so stodgy that they can fit on the middle piece of bread, toast. Right. uh, Without sullying the bits around the edge. And then you you put your chilli sauce on that and then you can chop bits off the outside bits and then take beans off the, the pile in the middle and add them to the little bits and you've got a perfectly balanced fork of beans on toast and chilli sauce. I honestly thought that the pair of us, until this episode, I honestly thought we were both normal. But now I think we're both really not normal. That's the most bizarre thing I've ever heard. <laughs> More fucking bizarre than opening a tin of beans, putting chilli sauce in it and eating it with a fork. It's cold. No, that's just disgusting and I'm, I'm prepared to accept that. But your strange toast arrangement, your floral toast arrangement... With your carefully manicured baked bean lawn, it's just just fucked up. It's not fucked up, it makes perfect sense. By the time you arrange this structure, are the beans still hot? Yeah, they're still hot, and that's better anyway if they've slightly cooled down a bit, because the chance of them leaking out onto the other bits of toast, you know, is further diminished. Right, you have to take a photo of this the next time you do it, and then that will be... Our promotional material. In my notes, <laughs> I drew, in my notes, I drew a little picture so that I had something to go, <laughs> so I didn't have to describe it from my mind's eye. Is this but real? Yeah, or have, you just, have you made this up? No, I fucking made it up. I bet you, when this goes out, people will get in contact and say, "Yeah, I know what you're on about." You have a sacrificial piece of toast in the middle. Yeah, that that one's getting wet and soggy, and there's nothing you can do about that. But the ones around the outside stay crisp, and they <laughs> they allow you to put your beans. Your... What's so funny about that? Because <laughs> I can picture it, and it's just it's so strange. Well, we okay. Right. <laughs> so, so what happens at the end of this meal when you've got that really soggy bit of toast in the middle? Do you eat? Do you eat that eat, as well? You just eat that, don't you? Or do you just throw you that do. out? You don't know. <laughs> You eat that, and you you say a little prayer first for it, for the sacrificial piece of toast, you know. That's brilliant. I'm going to try that next time. So apart from the addition of chilli sauce, you don't garnish this with anything. You don't – I hate to use the phrase, but you don't pimp it up. Trying trying a a new chilli sauce on your your beans on toast. Or, again, going back to the uh, clear the fridge, clear the freezer – kind of mentality seeing off a bottle of chili sauce oh the end the end of the bottle yeah one that's lingering and taking up space that a new one could um that could uh, occupy the end of the chili sauce bottle is something which haunts my dreams because i never feel like you can fully empty them and i know how tasty they are and i just don't want to waste the tiniest no. bit Whereas with ketchup it's like oh fuck this if you need to invent like a, a chili sauce bottle that allows you full access to the bottom, yeah, so you can like get a, get a bread stick in there or some sort of pokey mechanism, like a double ended chili sauce bottle. 
Yeah, double ender, yeah. What about uh, a layer of Marmite underneath the beans? No. I can't eat Marmite, I told you. It sets my fillings off. Oh, yeah, sorry. Yeah, I think we've talked about this before. Yeah. In the um, in the olden days, yeah. Or Worc- uh, Worcestershire sauce. Yeah. Do you call it Worcestershire sauce or Worcester sauce? I call it Worcestershire. Yeah, Worcestershire, Worcestershire, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I don't... I don't cut off any syllables just for convenience sake no i was um i was traveling in central america the reason i asked i was traveling in central america um and going around with this girl and we were getting on fantastically well nothing um nothing sexual about it or anything like that we just got on and then we went to a few places where they had um english sauce as a condiment english sauce which turned out to be Worcestershire sauce. And I said, can you pass the Worcestershire sauce? Or this stuff is Worcestershire sauce. And she said, you mean Worcester sauce? And I said, no, I think I mean Worcestershire sauce. And she said, no, no, it's Worcester sauce. And this went on for ages and ages and ages. And I was like, no, it's, it's fucking Worcestershire. I'm sure on the bottle it says Worcestershire. Yeah. And she said, no, no, I'm sure on the bottle it says Worcester. And this argument blew all out of um, all out of like hand, and then this was before everyone had mobile phones with the internet on it. So we went to an internet cafe and googled it, and it came back as Worcestershire sauce. And then she took the hump and fucked off, and I never saw her again. <laughs> well, and I, I think that highlights how important really pedantic food matters are. Yeah, I was. Do you know? Do you know when you start to doubt yourself? No. No, I was going to say that never, that never fucking happened. <laughs> <laughs> but interestingly, up here in Manchester, but in the north in general, they have their, another sauce. Um, is it Henderson's Relish? Henderson's Relish, yeah. Where apparently if you suggest that it is Worcestershire sauce or something similar, they go mental. Yeah. I've never tasted it. I presume it tastes a bit like Worcestershire sauce, otherwise there wouldn't be such a controversy. I think it's it's a bit different actually. It's got it's um it's vegetarian. I don't think it's got any anchovies in it. Oh, okay. Is that the the, the only difference? It's one of the differences, but yeah, yeah I mean it's definitely a, a north south divide. It's very much you know, Liam Perrin's doesn't go I But it tastes how. the same. It tastes similar. But Liam Perrin's is is um, very much a fermented kind of fishy tamarindy type thing. Mm. Um, oh, I don't, right. I don't really know what's in Henderson's relish, but I'd imagine it's like black pudding, tar, and whippets. Now I said that my laziest dish was cold baked beans out of the can, and I mean I'm, I'm going to the extremes here to just, I don't know, just to kind of lay bare exactly my depravity. But one of my habits when I'm alone in the house is to eat cold sliced meat in front of the open fridge. A bit like Tony Soprano eating cold cuts, except mine is slices of corned beef uh, covered in the nearest thing I could grab, which is usually English mustard. Yes. In a squeezy bottle. (laughs) Not a squeezy bottle like where it just says barbecue mustard. No, no. English Col- mustard. Coleman's English mustard oh, from right. a squeezy bottle. Okay. 
There's a few generics out there in yellow squeezy bottles that are just called things like barbecue mustard. Oh, or, that's, that stuff's wrong. Yeah, I've never tried it. I presume it's like um, a shit cafe kind of mustard. It's kind of like a, a, an American hot dog mustard, so it's more kind of sour and tangy, right, vinegary right. than hot. I think I think you struggled. If you've got, and I'm with you on this, absolutely, if you've got a nice block of corned beef on the go. Yeah. As I say, you're other halves away, so you can just have a block of corned beef on the go. There's no shame. <laughs> at, a, at a sharp knife nearby. Yeah. Then you you bring all the all the condiments into play, don't you? <laughs> Pretty much all the mustards and all and, and a horseradish definitely come into play, but also pickles. Well, yeah, that was exactly where my mind was just going. I, this isn't even an unusual combination, really, is it? Corned beef and pickles. But that is, must be. Pickles, corned beef and mustard is one of the most joyous combinations there is. And in a way, I guess that's quite like kind of New York deli, isn't it? Layering up those three things in a sandwich or otherwise is just... There's nothing revolutionary about it. It's just pure deliciousness. Illumination. I've got a book... And my mum used to have it, and I think I bought it just through for for nostalgia's sake. And it's party snacks, and one of the party snacks, and I think it might have even been kids' party snacks, are you cut lengths of celery, mm-hmm. uh, you pipe in tuna mayonnaise, and you stick little cocktail stick sails in it, so it's like a little boat, a celery boat <laughs> filled with tuna mayonnaise. <laughs> What was this? What was this book called? Like, like bizarre party foods. I think something yeah. like that. How to cook for your children when you're a massive fucking stoner. I feel like you 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 you've approached this from a much more culinary point of view. No, no, I I basically um, broke it down into the, the different types, different approaches. So my lazy dish was was beans on toast. One of the other things I do. This is what I call um, cheat foods. Something like um, making a chicken pie, which I will eat the entire chicken pie to myself over the weekend. But because I'm cheating, using something like uh, condensed chicken soup as a base. Okay. For the chicken soup, um, for the chicken pie. Um Basically anything in tins. So start looking around the supermarket aisles for like stuff in tins that might be quite interesting. So I managed to find barbecue brisket in a tin, piri piri chicken in a tin. Wouldn't normally eat, buy that kind of stuff. Wouldn't normally look for that stuff. Wouldn't normally buy that stuff. Wouldn't normally eat that stuff. But the other half's away, so I'll give it a whirl. Generally just warm it up in a saucepan and eat it <laughs> again, eat it on toast. I mean, I think you're. I think you're doing yourself a disservice here. <laughs> this isn't a cheat's food. Is that not cheating? Well, it's it's cheating as in as in as much as yeah, you've you've what cut out a round of of puff pastry and cooked it on top of your pie. Or, but I mean, a, a cheat's food would have been defrosting or, or cooking an Aunt Bessie's Yorkshire pudding and pretending that was your pie top. <laughs> That's quite nice, actually. I think it would, <laughs> but uh, you know you're going to a certain degree of effort there. I think. Okay. <laughs> well, the the cheat the cheating element really is just like, can you turn condensed chicken soup into the 
the pie part of a pie. What do you call the pie part of a pie? The filling. The filling. The filling of a pie. Do you do you add any chicken solids? Yeah, yeah, that's the weird thing. You find I find myself doing this shit, and then I'm just I've sort of fried onions or leeks in butter. <laughs> I've added I've added salt, pepper, herbs, chicken thighs. Uh, maybe there's some diced carrot in there, celery, and what have you. And I'm only pouring some cream and white wine into it away. And I, some, for some fucking reason, I'm like, I'm now going to add a can of condensed Campbell's condensed chicken soup because that's cheating. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the whole thing. It's like it's madness, isn't it? It's like, yeah. But it's it's it, you really double down on the chickenness, though. It's double chicken. <laughs> I I think. I think you're really pushing that to call that cheating. You're really... <laughs> because... oh, in, in my mind, I think I'm being like post-World War II rations. <laughs> so I used, I used uh, chicken soup for this. How, uh, how efficient have I been? <laughs> there's, there's more effort going into the soup than there is into just adding some cream and white wine. <laughs> but um, yeah. Well, um, that's a revelation. Illumination. But one thing I have done, instead of cereal for breakfast, I've had cheesy knickknacks in a bowl. And instead of milk, I've had um, Frank's hot sauce with a spoon. Knickknacks in a bowl? <laughs> with hot sauce, yeah. With hot sauce as milk? <laughs> yeah. Fuck, that is a lot of... That is a lot of hot sauce. No, not like I don't. It's not like in the same quantities of milk, just enough to like kind of moisten the the knickknacks. Fucking hell! Let me get this right. Right, cheesy knickknacks. Yeah, crushed up in a bowl. Like kind of broken up, not like broken crushed. up in a bowl not... into edible little spoony bits, of, <laughs> yeah. and then you pour pour chilli sauce on them and eat them with a spoon like it's cereal. Yeah. Is it always cheesy knickknacks? Yeah, it has to be cheesy knickknacks. And Frank's hot sauce. Frank's is the perfect heat because it's not that hot. It's enough to give you a little, like, you know it's chilli sauce, but without being like, you can imagine like a habanero sauce or something, that would, you'd be in a lot of pain. But with Frank's, it's just like, oh, zingy. So you're eating Frank's knickknacks. Yeah. Well, that, I'd give a dog a bone, wouldn't it? <laughs> well, that's no, I don't see. Yeah, I would. I don't generally buy stuff like that, crisps and stuff. Oh, you don't buy crisps. What the fuck is a knickknack? Is it a corn? Is it? Does that come under the corn snack? It's a corn snack. A banner. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Is that where you'd find? Is that where you'd find Space Raiders? Uh, I think knickknacks are a, a higher quality than Space Raiders, but Space Raiders definitely come under the, the corn snacks, along with, um, I think, Watsits. Anything that, if you drop into water, floats. <laughs> oh, but crisps probably float, don't well, they? Crisps probably do. So does polystyrene, I think. Yeah, corn snack. Boats. Uh, corn snack. Especially if you're, you're making them out of your mum's fucking cookbook there. <laughs> <laughs> Skips float for a few seconds and then they get soggy and sink. Which ones are skips? Skips are the prawn... Uh, They're a Lamo's prawn cracker. Lamo prawn cracker, yep. Yeah. 
That's a, that's another show, isn't it? We always we always do it. We always start a new show in the middle of a show. <laughs> yeah, we lose our train of thought. Is show the right word? Episode show. Episode show. I'm going to I'm going to say show. Well, I think that's the kind of um, aspirational language we should use when talking about this yeah. podcast. And the other thing I used to do was buy bags of cheap marshmallows and roast them over a cigarette lighter. <laughs> roasted. <laughs> Chestnuts roasted over a cigarette lighter. Wow. You don't see that on many menus, do you? Roast, lightly roasted over a zippo. So I've, you know, I've, I've, I feel like I've bared my soul this evening. Oh yeah, you have, you have. If you've got, if you've got plans for being an influencer, then I think we should maybe put this, put this episode to the back of the fucking queue. Marshmallows <laughs> roasted over a cigarette. That's that is the laziest fucking piece of shit I've ever heard in my entire fucking life. That's lazier than eating cold baked beans out of a can. <laughs> Just sat in an armchair watching a film with a packet of marshmallow. What did you put the marshmallows on a thing, like a cocktail stick or something, or a fork to roast them, or did you just hold them and use the cigarette? Use the cigarette lighter. Just hold the flump at one end. Just <laughs> ah, flumps. Flumps. Not even my proper marshmallows, but flumps. Right. These are the rules of marshmallows. Yeah. They're short and stubby. Some of them are white and some of them are pink. And the flump people, in their desire to be different and alternative and break new ground, took those, stretched them out and entwined them together to make flumps. Yeah. Yeah, they became flumps, not marshmallows. So what, you you had a packet of flumps? Yeah. Fucking hell. And a cigarette lighter. A, cl- a clipper. <laughs> Just a cheap disposable. Ten, ten for a pound down the market. You absolute. That's how. That's how tramps eat flumps, <laughs> isn't it? That is just. Oh. Do you know what you just elevated eating cold beans out of a can to fucking French gourmet Michelin star shit after that <laughs> roasting. Roast, roast. Use the word roast. Oh, roasted flumps. <laughs> that is weird, man. And did you have to blow... Like, how do you know when it's safe to put in your mouth? I burn my mouth a lot. <laughs> I bet you burn your mouth a lot, you greedy little pig. I think we've, we've covered our disgusting habits, my disgusting habits at least, and your sensible, impressive habits of... Uh, creative use of tinned products. That all sounds fantastic and, and really wasn't what I was going for, but, you know, whatever. I've I've shown myself up to be a disgusting individual, a low-quality individual, and, and you've shown yourself up to be quite conscientious and, and worthy. So that's backfired on me somewhat. Sweet.
Station.